0: Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Saverns. I'm the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church, and today with me is Pastor Paul Eastwood.
1: Hey. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing good here uh Southern Ontario. All the snow is falling around us oh, and so we've much had snow. to
0: Yeah. My kids were really hoping for a snow day this morning, but it <laughs> didn't
1: happen. It's crazy how nutty we go when snow starts to fly around here. It's like we've never seen it before. It's true. It's <laughs> true. Well let's let's dive in. This last Sunday
0: was our um, Mission Sunday, we kind of we had a taste and see after the service, which is where we invite some of our missionaries to come and set up booths and where we can hear stories from them, but also right. eat food because, man, there's something about food from around the world that's just awesome. And <laughs> uh, We had a guest speaker, but talking a little bit about, about mission work and what it is that we are salt and light and how yeah. do we think about... You know, are are we missionaries? What does that look like? How are we different from people sharing their faith around the world? Um, What does it mean to be where you are and where God has called you? Yeah. Um, So let's let's dive into that. Yeah.
1: Well, so we heard from uh, the president of Partners International, which is Darren DeGraf, and we are sorry, not Partners International, but Partners Canada and um, and and partners is a great organization that we support. and the reason we support it is because uh, their focus is really on equipping nationals to uh, share the good news with the people that are around them. And so when you ask the question, what's the difference between someone who's overseas and someone who's you know living here in Burlington, um, I would say initially the answer is nothing. there is no mm-hmm. difference. The, yep. you know uh, we we have lots of faithful individuals in other parts of the world who are using, what they know about God to inspire them to turn around and start sharing that with other people in all kinds of different ways, whether it's giving Bibles or, you know, sharing stories or, um, you know, helping people through difficult situations and bringing Jesus into conversation. Um, you know that happens in the middle of the Amazon with unreached people groups, in the sense of you know tribal groups. Yep. Uh, it also happens in our neighborhoods with unreached people groups, mm-hmm. with people who have no concept of faith because it they've we've moved so far beyond uh, a time when everybody went to church, yep. and so so me uh, being impacted by what God has done. And uh, and actually uh, um, sharing with people around me is no different than someone in the Amazon being mm-hmm. impacted and sharing with the people that are around him. Yeah, or I've, her. I've heard uh, I've heard it say
0: that um, our Canadian culture today is actually so post-Christian that we're back to being pre-Christian in a way. Yeah, um, which is fascinating, right? It almost gives us more similarities to some of these unreached tribe groups because there are people who. legitimately in some circles have never heard the name of Jesus don't know anything about these things Um, what they know of Christmas is kind of these consumeristic habits that appear in the malls Um,
1: and we encourage people here at the church to be uh, intentional about the way they're living in their communities and the people that are around them and if you are building relationships with people that are outside of church or the church context Mm. Uh, I can guarantee you that you will be shocked by some of the conversations you have, you know, even for me as a pastor, I've talked to some friends um, and, and hearing from them, the questions that they ask me about what it is that I do uh, really reveals that there is literally no background or no understanding of, of what happens inside the church. And I think for us inside, Um, as you know, people who come to church on a regular basis, perhaps or have been coming for years, or it's been part of their experience, or maybe you're new back to church or whatever it is that's bringing you to, to church. Sometimes I think we have this idea that people outside, uh, know what's happening in the church. They just don't want any part of it. The truth is they don't even know what's going on, let Mm -hmm. alone want any part of it.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's also worth mentioning that, um, the culture we live in isn't the same. Uh, the circles that no. we we work in aren't the same. Some of us actually are are in circles where um, a lot of people are familiar with church, are maybe you could say post church. Uh, they yeah. went to church at one point in their lives, but they kind of get it. They know who Jesus is, um, and that like that can be a very real experience and and absolutely true. Um, and and some people are looking for you know what is truth, whereas whereas some people are looking for what is really meaning. And yeah. you get these different pockets. Um, It's just important to remember that the world isn't our world in Burlington isn't actually yeah. as simple and as monocultured as sometimes we we'd like to make it out to be.
1: Yeah. And yet what we're called to do is simple, right? Yeah. I mean the culture you so you're absolutely right. There are no simple answers. It is complex. It is, you know, multiple shades of gray. Uh, I remember going into a pet store uh, because I was doing an object lesson mm-hmm. and I wanted to buy a, a little goldfish and the, it was a feeder fish, like, you know, 40 cents yeah. for this fish, um, um feeder fish obviously was it was destined for something uh, that was not like, you know, swimming around in a little goldfish bowl. wasn't going to be a pet. No. But then I get this fish and I said, well, I'm just going to put it in a bowl and, you know, I'm, I, I need to do this object lesson or whatever. And then the person was trying to explain to me that, you know, the water wouldn't be good and that I needed to buy a, 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 a an aquarium. And then it was like, okay, but the aquarium is not good enough. You also need this filtration system and was going all the, and down the road into this thing. And I'm trying to say to this guy, dude, all I want is a fish and I'm not, I'm not trying to get a pet here. All I want... Is a fish, and and he was just it just kept going on to the point where I was starting to think, well, maybe I do need a you know an aquarium, (laughs) right? So all of a sudden I'm confused. Yeah. And sometimes I think we can take our faith and confuse it so much by adding all of these things. Well, what you really need is this, and what you need is is this process and that process, and what you actually need. And 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 the truth is that when Jesus said, you know, the way that you're going to impact the world, He says, you know, something very simple. He says you're going to be salt and light, and that's what we heard about on on Sunday. This idea of just being salt and light and and it's it's like your your goal as a follower of Jesus is to live out your faith in front of people and when we're impacted by what Jesus has done in our lives and it causes us to live in a different way people will start to notice this and it starts to uh, you know raise questions and percolate and some of the things that you've been talking about people are are dying for answers to questions that they don't want to ask Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they don't want to ask those questions because um because of you know things that are you know perhaps there's a um a stigma attached to it or they just you know are feeling embarrassed by it you know i I remember watching something or actually was listening on a radio recently and um there was a christian being interviewed but it wasn't about his faith it was Mm -hmm. in a completely different context it was a sports context And they were just talking about other things. But, you know, the person, the way that he answered questions. The, after he hung up, the interviewer said to the other person on the radio, he said, you know, there's a kind of guy that I would want to ask deeper questions to. Hmm. That's a guy that I'd like to sit down over a drink with or whatever and actually have conversations about other things. Yeah. And and that to me was like, wow, like I almost like that's, that's one of those moments like, okay, that's what it means to be living differently. Yeah. Because um, just spending a few minutes with this person was like, I bet I could ask them about life. Hmm. You know, I bet I could ask them about something that, you know, I'm thinking about that I'm afraid to ask other people. Yeah. He sounds like someone who would be interested in, you know, actually sharing with me in a better way. And th- that to me is is pretty powerful. Yeah, I love
0: that. Last night, my wife and I were talking about this idea um, that followers of Jesus should be winsome. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this kind of, there's something intriguing. Um, we've, we've used the word surprising, um, but, but attractive. Yeah. Inherently like... And, and not that there's nothing offensive or right. Cause, cause obviously there's something of Jesus that at times stands up to the cultural norms and says, that's not right. Um, but it's not, it's not obnoxious. It's winsome. Yeah. Um, we, Darren talked a little bit on Sunday about how salt, uh, is, is an irritant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, as I was listening to it, I was thinking, okay, how do we how do we understand that right? And and maybe are there ways we can misinterpret that as well? What, what, what do you think about salt, us being salt as an irritant in society?
1: Well, I think that we all know that salt is not a neutral presence, right? Mm. There There is nothing neutral about salt. When it's there, you notice it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you go to a, uh, you know, if you go to at a, at a party and you're reaching for chips and like there's the unsalted and the salted, you know, the salted ones oh, taste yeah. better. And those those are the ones you're going for, right? Like who likes unsalted popcorn? for instance. <laughs> uh, or, but, but so I think that we recognize that it needs to be not just a neutral presence. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus talks about it, he uses it to describe us. He actually says something a little bit strange. He's, he talks about this idea of salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? Hmm. How is it possible for salt to lose its saltiness? I mean, is there uh, salt doesn't just become less salty. It's it, it is what it is. And I think, you know, one of the ways that, that, Often this is 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 referenced or talked about is the fact that you know salt can't just lose its saltiness, but it can be diluted. It can mm. be diluted by other things. Um, yeah. And in that in that context, you know, like the salt was used for all kinds of different things, as Darren was talking about on Sunday. Um, but sometimes I think if you dilute salt to the point where it's not salty, it's just not worth what it is. It's not important. Yeah. And and I think for us, this is where this idea comes in that. You know, we are called to be a presence. We are called to to make a difference in the places that we find ourselves, um, because because salt is noticed, and mm-hmm. so when we get diluted. I think the picture that I get is that we just blend into the background. And by the way, you can blend into the background by doing nice things. Hmm. Like there are lots of people who do good things who just blend into the background because, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that most of us do, right? Like I'm gonna pick up my neighbor's um, garbage can because it's at the end of the street and I know he he's not home today. Or you know, I'm gonna help shovel because I've got a little more time on my hands or whatever. I mean, those things are not going to rock the world. but what is it that we can do that actually is is salty and i think that's where this idea of being an irritant is not necessarily it, it it's it's about um our our lives and ideals uh, you know shifted and focused in in different ways and and sometimes those things will 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 come up against cultural norms that that mm-hmm. may not see things exactly the same way yeah. and that's where i think we need to start seeing those places and not not shying away from them Mm -hmm. um but certainly as you said uh you know in a winsome way having conversations with people yeah and yeah
0: yeah and i I think it's important you know uh and and i could be wrong i I feel like some people would hear being irritant and they think yes i can finally say these things and i that's not a call to be brash it's not a call to be obnoxious um it's not a call to not speak truth
1: right we have to speak truth but but you know I mean, just, just a reminder to first Peter three 15 says, you know, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason that you hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Um, absolutely. Uh, being salt does not mean, um, not mean losing respect or, you know, grace for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, as we,
0: we wrestle through, we are salt and light. Um, we also had the opportunity to talk to to missionaries on Sunday to people serving right. in kind of full-time vocational capacities and some of these things. Um, how do we, how do we see them, support them, pray for them, hear their stories? What should we be doing there?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think that um, that we need to uh, know who those people are, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I, I hope that you, you know, if you had an opportunity to, you know, come around, you know, go around the tables and connect with some of the people who were here. That's great. Um, if you weren't here and you have been before, you probably would recognize some of them by face. Yep. And um, I think for us, one of the ways that we're shifting in terms of our our missions focus here as a church is that we want to support our own missionaries who have been called uh, into all kinds of different contexts. you know, we support uh, many people from a great organization, uh, Young Life, which uh, serves the needs of, of teenagers. Uh, really, as you talked about that winsome approach, uh, it's all about, you know, meeting these kids where they are yeah. and having meaningful conversations about Jesus and helping them um, in, in their context, which is really cool. And so we have all kinds of different missionaries uh, who serve in different ways and we want to support them. We also want to uh, focus and and continue to support uh, nationals that are working in their context. Mm. Um, And so there are people, we we heard some stories uh, on Sunday, but there are lots of people who are serving um, in their communities and are passionate about it. Um, Joseph Najim is a a person who's connected with Partners International. He's uh, a leader in uh, Lebanon. And meeting with him and talking about seeing his his uh, goals and dreams when it comes to reestablishing faith in Syria as the country rebuilds again Mm. is powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, This past week, I met with the um, uh, the the executive director of International Justice Mission, Mm. um, hearing her passion and love to see people. literally saved from slavery around the world, whether it's yeah. children or adults in in different contexts. Uh, you know, I think that these stories should inspire us, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't make us feel bad about the fact that we probably spent last week on the couch rather than, you know, saving people from slavery. Mm. It shouldn't make us feel, but it should it should inspire us to look for ways that we can do small things in our context you know
0: yeah well I even think uh another one of our supported missionaries Steve Kearns yeah and and Steve is a a chaplain um and and works with professional sports players uh yeah you know which is it's a world he's lived in and a world that most of us don't live in right um, but he's been given this unique opportunity uh and and he's able to do it because we support him but but most of us actually have um we're, we're, most of us are tent-making missionaries, right? right? In a way, most of us
1: yeah. uh, work
0: jobs and, and yeah. that's great, but these are also our missions fields, right? Exactly, um, yeah. And, and so it's See, not- the difference
1: between the, the tent maker and what I think we're called to do is the tent maker was often, you know, that, that phrase is used when we talk about the apostle Paul, because yeah. he, you know, did tents on the side, yep. but he also was an evangelist. He also mm-hmm. was all these different things. But I think that we are called to be the best tent makers that we can be or the mm-hmm. best, you know, construction workers or the best doctors or yep. the best, you know, educators that we can be and use our faith to shape the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And so that that I think is really important as well.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, our, our hope in um, bringing in missionaries and hearing stories of of the ways that God is at work around the world is to remind us that actually God is at work in our lives and in our communities through us, through all of us. And I know us, I say that you and I, Paul are pastors. We're here at the church. Yeah. Um, but when I say us, I mean, everyone, the church is a gathering of people. It's, it's not any less about you and I, than it is about people who come and sit in the pews every week and, and aren't on staff at the church. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're called to this.
1: Yeah, the simplicity of it's getting back to this idea like Jesus changes us. Yeah. We become aligned with him and his purposes in our lives. Mm. And then it, it pushes us towards action. And yeah. all three of those things need to be present, hmm. changed by Jesus, aligned with his purposes, and then we become active. And for me, I think one of the simplest ways that we can live out our faith, live intentionally, use what we've taken, you know, from hearing from these missionaries and the great stories that we hear and, and how we use that is is just really simple. I, I think there's, I think about three things. Essentially, number one, know who you are. Mm-hmm. Recognize that you are called to be salt and light. And, and Darren did a good job of saying, look, it's not a should statement. This yeah. is say, you are salt, you are light. And so when we know that, we recognize that we can't be a neutral presence Mm -hmm. wherever we find ourselves. The second thing is we have to show up, you know, show up in places that, you know, may not... Be the places that we would naturally find ourselves in. I think a lot of times in in, you know they talk about the way that a life cycle goes in a church. Oftentimes, as Christians start gathering together, it starts to become insular, and Mm -hmm. when it does that, then we lose our influence, our influence, and our impact on the people around us. Yeah. Uh, And so instead of you know finding faith, finding a community, and then digging in, it's finding faith, finding a community, and then looking for ways to serve and looking for ways outside of of the church. context and so that's about showing up finding the circles of influence looking for your you know whether it's your kids activities or whether it's your own activities or maybe it's the you know the places the third spaces that you find yourself in Mm -hmm. all of those places are opportunities for you to show up and what showing up means is that we're intentional when we show up and then the third thing is just being who you are recognizing that you know how god has wired you and and you know you don't have to be Um, some, you don't have to know all the answers. You Mm -hmm. don't have to be the person who is, you know, busting down doors and slaving and saving children from slavery. But what you need to be is an ordinary person used by an extraordinary God. That's what makes all the difference.
0: Hmm.
1: That's so good. Uh, any, any other thoughts as we, I mean, as we talk about mission, as
0: we talk about being salt and light, um, Oh, let me, let me ask this actually really quickly. You know, we, we say we're, uh, the, the great uh, commission is often this call to go, and we've talked about it how it's actually often in this day and age a call to stay, a
1: call to be right. where you are, which I think is important. Is there still a call to go for some? Oh, absolutely. I, I do think so, and I think I think some. You know, we we at our church we talk about our partners on mission, mm. and and there are what I, what we mean by that is that we are all called to um, to serve God in 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 what in different ways. Uh, we're all called. We're all sent in mm-hmm. in a sense. yeah. but there are certain people who have uh, particularly gifts or particular gifts or skill sets or experiences. That gives them uh, an extra, an extraordinary ability to serve in a particular area. Yeah. And so, for those people, we want to support them. And so, there are times where uh, there are people who take on uh, mission opportunities, and we want to support them, and we want to come alongside them because we're partnering with them. And mm-hmm. that's that. That's where that. Um, that sort of uh, the because because it, it, there's a there's a cost to this. And so, anyways, what I'm trying to say is that yes, there are people who are particularly called to a particular people and a particular goal. And, uh, and for those people, we are truly grateful and we want to hear from them because their stories are awesome. Yeah. And I would just say, if you, if you're sitting here now and
0: thinking, oh, that's not me, that could never be me. Um, I think one of the calls of followers of Jesus of disciples of Jesus is to regularly sit in his presence and ask him, Lord, am I where you're calling me? Yeah. Uh, Is this, is this the place? And it may well be, he says, absolutely. This is where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And, Often in the Bible, there are times where people don't like the calling, don't want to obey the calling, and yet God is calling us out to something that feels impossible, feels daunting, takes us out of our comfort zones, and that's that's part of this journey with Jesus for all of us, I think. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you're feeling too comfortable, if you're feeling like you've figured it out, sit sit with Jesus a little bit more. Ask Him, Lord, am I am I where You're calling me to be? Am I engaging in Your mission as You're calling
1: me? Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts? Be salty. Yeah. Be bright. Love <laughs> it. Uh, and that's, that's the simplicity of it. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Paul. It's a great
0: conversation. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Postscript.